Hello, and welcome survivors to the Identity of Health podcast. I am the host and founder of Identity of Health, Matt Rowe. During my journey of controlling and reversing my symptoms of MS, I was inspired to meet others who have decided to control and heal disease using unconventional means. During every episode, we are going to hear inspiring stories from those that have gone on to live incredible lives after they have been diagnosed with a disease because they made the choice to survive and thrive and give themselves permission to heal. Today's show is brought to you by Organic Farmers Everywhere and the healthy soils they grow their foods in. It is also brought to you by the book, Identity of Health, Mastering the Mindset to Heal by Matt Rowe. Follow Identity of Health on Facebook, Instagram, and go to my website, identityofhealth.com, and follow my newsletter where I will be your guide on your journey to a healthier life. Now, on to the show. Today, we have the pleasure of hearing Anna Hines and meeting Anna Hines, who is the founder of Identity-Based Nutrition. And Anna is on a mission to address your mindset and attitude towards clearing the blockages that are keeping you from experiencing your best health. Thank you, Anna, for being on the show today. Thank you, Matt. It's a pleasure to be here. So I met Anna about a month ago after reading her work regarding the identity of nutrition and the mind-body connection, and I loved it. And so Anna, for the past six years, has been thinking about how nutrition and eating healthy is more of an identity and who we think we are than a conscious choice of healthy or not healthy. So for example, like eating pizza versus having a stalk of salad. So as my audience knows, I use food as medicine to control and reverse my MS and help my clients with this concept of using food as medicine. So what intrigued me about Anna's work is the identity we have with food. So Anna, before we take a deeper dive regarding food and our identity with food, Tell me about yourself and what got you interested in this topic? Yeah, thank you, Matt. You know, as with all of these uh, things, usually it's a personal story that, that gets us where we are today. And um, for me, you know, I, I have a little bit of a different story in the sense that I grew up in a pretty healthy environment. My parents were interested in health and nutrition even before it was very popular and um, that was over 30 years ago. And that was whenever like eating organic produce was like voodoo and people around us thought we were nuts. And, but um, there are two sets of twins in my family, you know, 15 months apart. I'm the second of the second set of twins. And my twin sister and I both had colic. And, um, you know, my dad being this very, like this, this seeker, he was like, you know, I'm not going to take the doctor's uh, word that this is just colic. There's something deeper going on here. What, why, you know, why is this child crying, you know, and screaming for hours on end? And so that is the, the really early, um, my early introduction into health was right around the time I was born. And so I grew up in this really healthy environment. 
And um, I was really grateful for that foundation of, of real whole live foods. And uh, we gardened and we milked goats and we had you know, bees and we lived on a farm and it was great. And um, so I, I feel like I had such a good solid foundation in physical health. But what started to become such a problem for me is the fact that I developed an eating disorder when I was around, uh, I don't know, in my mid-teens, um, as so many girls do. And, um, and, and, and not, just, not just girls, you know, boys as well. I mean, it's just so rampant right now. And, um, and I just was really struggling with my health in so many ways. And what added insult to injury is that I knew what to do for my health. I had all the right knowledge. I had so many books and so many, um, so much of a great foundation for how to take care of my health, but I could not do it. I could not, um, it, and even if I did do it, it wasn't working. And so it, it created this determination in me to really crack the code of what blocks us from being able to not only experience our best health, but to, you know, when we give ourselves some sort of rule or guideline, what, what is blocking us from actually being able to do it? And so, you know, as I mentioned, I was dealing with some health issues. I had chronic digestive issues. I had acne, um, you know, and just other skin issues. And, you know, I had that eating disorder. And, and I, I was doing some very intense cleansing. Um, I was doing a lot of great things and, and nothing was really working. And the other thing that just really saddened me is that I, I was so, I felt so obsessed with, um, with trying to fix myself that it really took me out of my life. It, it created so much anxiety and so much, um, you know, negativity towards myself and my body that I wasn't really able to enjoy life. I could, I could be in a beautiful place, you know, I would, could be in, you know, Europe or Jamaica or whatever, and just not really be able to enjoy it because I was so, I was so stressed all the time. Mm. And so, about, um, you know, about 10 years ago, I, I started looking more deeply into the way that our thoughts and our emotions and our beliefs affect our physical health. And I started doing some inner work and some things really began to change. And then I, I started understanding the physiology behind or the, the neurophysiology, the, the brain body connection. And then I started learning more tools and how to actually go from knowledge to experience and, um, and I started seeing these changes happen just, you know, almost magically. It doesn't, I mean, it doesn't start out feeling magical, <laughs> but yeah. it certainly ended up feeling like, wow, that actually, that, that's actually helping me so much. So there's, um, there's long story short for you. Yeah. So you talked about this knowledge to experience and it happened, you know, seemingly very easily or very quickly. Can you dig a little bit deeper into that? Did you feel at that point that you kind of like um, the way that it's been described to me, it's like hitting the tuning fork. It just is, it resonates and it's perfect and it just seems right. So you continue to take those, those steps. Yeah. So, you know, um, I think of the way that the mind works as like an iceberg. So the conscious mind is like the iceberg above the surface. And that's our decision-making mind. That's the part of our mind that says, oh, I'm going to go on this diet, or I'm going to eat these foods, or I'm not going to eat these foods. And, and then you have the subconscious mind that's the iceberg underneath the surface. And that's the other 95% of your mind. And that is large and in charge of your emotions and your self-beliefs and your memories 
and a lot there's lots of energies that get stored in the subconscious mind and you can think of the subconscious mind as basically becoming the body so what shows up on our physical body is often um, emerging content it's often an indicator of what's going on in the subconscious mind and I know that for many people it sounds a little bit out there to think about things that are so unseen like thoughts and emotions and and beliefs and stuff affecting our physical body Um, but if I if I gave you the science behind it which I can do I can kind of geek out on that but you know I'll I'll, I'll keep it a little generally for now it is very fascinating to watch that so anyway to answer your question um, the the you know we have a a thought or an idea um, but remember we've got to remember that our thoughts are just like the rudder on a ship they sort of send us in a particular direction. But what really changes our physiology is when we get down into the, the, the iceberg underneath the surface, our physical body. And we start to become curious about the emotions and the sensations that we're feeling and this, um, these, these symptoms that are showing up. And we start to become curious about them rather than suppressing them, medicating them, shutting them down, which is obviously what the, the um, allopathic um, you know, medical system is trained to do. And of course, it's not their fault. That's their training. But um, whenever we begin to get curious about with these symptoms and not just stuff them down, but actually see them as kind of gifts to us, um, then, then we can start to move from knowledge to experience. Ah, so when, as you start to dig into that subconscious level and that deeper Kind of is stuff I've talked about is, you know, we have two brains. We have the one that holds logic, which is what you're talking about is the tip of the iceberg. And that's above our shoulders. And that's our brain where we're logically looking through through things. And it's where fear, anxiety, stress starts to stem from to keep us alive. But then that second brain that sits in that intuitive level in our stomach and in our gut where you kind of get the feeling, you know, when you have that, you know, it just feels right. Yeah. You don't really have, there isn't a book you read and you're like, oh, what does this feels right mean? And, you know, they don't train this or they don't talk about this, but we've all experienced it. I mean, are you talking about down to that level as you start to dig into your own health? It's almost at an intuitive level. You're looking at what feels good and what doesn't feel good. Yes, that's right on. Because I believe that each of us have been given the wisdom for our own bodies and there's no one size fits all diet. There's no one size fits all modality. You know, there's one, there's no one path for everyone. And so if, if there is no one path for everyone, how does each person find what's right for them? You know? And so, you know, I have this on a very visceral level because I have an identical twin, as I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. And you know what she needs for her life and for her body, you know, she has four children and she has a, a different life than I do, but what she needs is different from me, even though we came from one single cell. You know, if you think about that, we came from one cell, but we have two very, very different, um, you know, we have different needs on on every level, really. I mean, and there's some similarities because we're twins, but there's a lot of differences. And that's what really intrigued me about this whole idea of intuitive eating, intuitive health. Um, There's this wisdom that is within every single one of us, and, and the whole thing with it is, is that we need to be able to learn how to access it. And so, so many of us, though, don't know how to access it because um, we have so many blockages. And we have blockages around you know, other people's ideas about what we should do. We have our own blockages from the past 
in the form of emotions that we haven't processed. We also have blockages of just not trusting what's inside of us, you know? And, um, and so, so what I love to do is I love to help people clear those blockages so that they can begin to trust that what's inside them is good and what's inside them is enough. Yeah, that's, yeah, that idea of enough, that you are enough, that you are good, you are good enough to heal all this stuff. And it's scary that, and it's unintentional, but as you get diagnosed, or if you unfortunately have been diagnosed with something, the doctor you go see starts to attach a label that gets mm. put on you. And all of a sudden, your mindset starts to flip and you start to use words like I have cancer or I have multiple sclerosis and it starts to, you start to live that identity. And so, you know, I want to touch on this concept of identity a little bit more. What does identity mean for you? Yeah. So, um, whenever I was dealing with my eating disorder, I'll just explain it this way. When I was dealing with my eating disorder, I found that in my mind, I had this lens with which I saw myself, which was I am that person with an eating disorder, or I am that girl who's overweight, or I am that person who, who can't control herself around food. And what I realized is that even deeper than thoughts and emotions and beliefs is this layer of identity. And that's, and I like to call it that lens with which we see ourselves. And that lens may not necessarily be what's actually true about you. It may be your programmed self. And what I mean by programmed self is, is that, you know, from the time that we're conceived to about the time we're five or six years old, you know, we are basically a sponge absorbing life all around us. And we are, we're gathering information from our parents and our caretakers and, and our environment and our experiences. And so we're literally like a computer is being programmed. We're being programmed to see ourselves with a certain, in a certain light and see ourselves through a certain lens. And then what happens as we go along through life is that gets reinforced over time. And so then we, we develop this identity and, um, and then we just end up sort of being like the hamster on the hamster wheel and just reinforcing that same old identity when it may not actually be true. It may actually be a programmed self that is running the show, not your truest self that has capacity to grow and change and heal. You hit it on the head. And I, you know, when you look at your mindset and what that little, you know, that little voice that we all live with in our heads. Yeah. Well, when you study it, 70 to 80% of the time, that little voice is negative. Oh man. It yeah. It just goes to reinforcing this identity that may have been given to you or that you have adopted yourself. And then you got the negative mindset and that negative mindset can lead us towards stress, anxiety, and possible depression. And that leads us to dis-ease. Yeah. And what I do find is that, you know, people feel like they need the fear mindset or they need the stress or they need that negative voice inside their head in order to motivate them towards change. But what I want to say is that I think that's an old program. I think that we can be motivated towards change by life-giving thoughts, by kindness towards ourselves, by compassion, by love. And the way that the body responds to love and compassion and kindness and peace is a very different in a, in, a, in a really good way. It's very different than the way that the body responds to stress and criticism and, um, and just, you know, um, striving really. So I love to, 
to help people switch over from that old negative critical voice inside their head into um, the, uh, the, the true self-talking, not the program self, not the criticism, not the negativity. You don't need it in order to heal. It's not helping you or anyone else. It's just right. an old program, right? Right. And, and that's it is, I mean, and it's when you dug deeper, I know for me, something that I worked on that I didn't even realize when I first started to do this work was the need for acceptance. Mm. And I kept leaning towards it. And I'm like, oh, I just, you know what? I'm not going to be enough. This is, you know, I, I, why am I, why do I think I'm comp, you know, qualified to do this? And that little negative voice is like, yeah, keep going. You're doing it right. <laughs> no, I hated feeling that way. And this, and I kept trying to prove to everybody that I was good enough. And what happened was that just led to stress. And it was this cascading effect that kept coming down. And when I finally said, no, I, I'm going to stop. I'm going to try to live with accepting myself and live in that first. And I love how you said it is loving yourself. Mm. And so when we were talking about earlier was, you know, we were getting ready for the interview today. You mentioned something about kind of that concept around that, what we tell ourselves. And for me, it's, I am enough. What is it for you, Anna? Oh, that's such a great question. Because yeah, I, I asked you earlier, you know, what is the number one thing that helped you on your journey? And, and the first, thing, first words out of your mouth were that I'm enough. And I, I love that you said that just immediately. Um, it's so beautiful. You know, one of the things that helped me under, uh, really recognize the, the incredible healing capacity and um, that we all have inside of us is, is this concept that I call you are what works. I really feel like we can tend to, um, we can tend to look for some sort of diet or pill or medication or modality or supplement to heal us. Um, and what I keep coming back to is your whole system, your whole being is what works. You don't need to look to anything outside of yourself. Now, all of these, these, foods and these supplements and these modalities and these tools are so helpful to support your whole system as you're healing. So not to diminish those at all, but we must come from the foundation of, as you said, that you're enough and that you are what works because your body has the capacity to, to create this whole pharmacy of chemicals, neurochemicals, really good ones, like, mm -hmm. like um, dopamine and oxytocin and vasopressin and um, you know, immunoglobulin A is, is your, the highest, um, it's, it basically is your immune system, the highest immune system builder. It's, it's stronger than any flu shot. And you have the ability to tap into those things by thought alone, by choosing to, to really to think certain thoughts that create neurochemicals that help you feel a certain way that actually release those chemicals down your central spinal column and into every cell of your body. And so you, it's in you already, right? It's just, right. That, it's just that we have to learn how to wield this superpower that's already mm -hmm. inside of us. And so that's why I just, I, like, I love to remind myself all the time you know, um, and, and other people, you're what works. Yeah. I love that you say that because, you know, you look from, there's so many biological systems that I feel that have just been ignored for the last, for the last few thousand years when Hippocrates in 460 BC 
said natural forces within us all are the true healers of disease. Why did he have that concept in 460 BC? And then as we look at it today, we start to look at our health myopically. What did the doctor say? What drug did they want to put me on? And it's no fault of their own. I mean, that's what they were trained. That's what they went to medical school for. But I think on one level, we're forgetting about all of the natural, everything that's in us, the endothelium within our veins that go towards putting all of these healing things into our body and the cell structures that we have and the good bacteria that we live with. We were designed perfectly mm. in all of perfection. It's so true. And I, I think that we have become programmed to, be, to sort of look at ourselves or our lives or our health from a victim mentality. And, um, and I, think we, I, I think we're really wired to be able to understand our incredible capacity to heal. You know, our, I use the word yeah. superpower. You know, I, I honestly feel like that's why so many people are drawn to, to movies about like superheroes and, you know, Marvel movies and things like that because we have that inside of us, but we're still learning our superpower. We're still learning our, our incredible capacity and we're learning how to wield those those tools that, that help us experience that amazing life. Yeah. And, uh, so, yeah. <laughs> so, I love that you call it a superpower because it is. We are, as human beings, we have a gift. We have the gift and we're so unique in everything. We are not far away from, you know, if you look at the chromosomes or you look at the biology of it all, we're not far away from other animals. But what sets us apart is that superpower that thought process we have to take to be able to switch and turn our health to the way that we want it not the way somebody else wants it yeah and i'll give you a just a, a kind of grounded example of this because i know people could be listening to this going like that sounds like a really great idea but mm -hmm. how does it actually affect my day-to-day -day life and yeah. so i mentioned earlier you know the um the a uh, neurochemical or uh, neurotransmitter, IgA, um, immunoglobulin A, and it's the highest, um, the, the, basically when your IgA is high, your immune system is high. And of course your immune system is needed to, to ward off all sorts of diseases and, and things like that. So um, right. I learned you know, fairly recently that um, tuning into the emotion of gratitude brings your IgA levels way up. And like I said, it's stronger than any flu shot. And so it brings that, that IgA really high. And so you can do it just by closing your eyes and tuning into your heart center and tuning into gratitude, right? Mm -hmm. and, um, and so, you know, um, I, I'm a, I, I love Dr. Joe Dispenza who, who shares a whole lot about the mind-body connection. And he did a study where he had his participants just tune into gratitude for about 10 minutes a day um, and it was for four days in a row. And at the beginning, they tested their IgA levels, and then they tested them again at the end of those, those four days. And the IgA levels rose like 80%. So it was very, it was a big change. Um, and they just discovered that, that um, tuning into gratitude was what catalyzed that. So I started playing around with this right around Christmas, Thanksgiving, you know, when lots of people tend to get the flu or they tend to get sick or at least a sore throat. And, and I started being like, you know, I'm just going to see what sort of superpower I can, you know, you know, access here. So I started noticing I was, I was flying a lot and I was traveling a bunch and, 
And, um, and I would notice I'd get like a sore throat or I would uh, start to feel that like sort of feeling I'm, I'm going to get sick. And, and I just would stop and I would tune into gratitude and I would just I would thank my body for being so amazing. And I would just feel, and I would sort of like marinate in the emotions of gratitude. And every single time I could feel my immune system just strengthening and I did not get sick once. Like ever since then, every time I noticed my immune system going down, I just, I just tuned into gratitude and, and I just, it kind of goes, you know, and it, and it turns right back around. Right. And so I experienced that on a daily or and on a, you know, like a very common level now mm -hmm. that I can experience that superpower without, you know, I don't have to take a bunch of supplements though I can, because that might support me, but I really don't have to because I have that superpower and I've learned how to wield it. Hmm. I love the fact that you pointed towards gratitude in order for healing. So anybody that's listening, I mean, really, it's an incredible experiment that you can put yourself through. And as far as I know, no one has OD'd on gratitude. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, nobody said, oh, too much gratitude today. Or become addicted to gratitude or anything. So it's a very healthy experiment. And it comes into one of those, like, why not try it once? Give it a week. If you're not feeling too well, give it a week. You totally. Start giving gratitude. And it can be the simple stuff. You know, I started to do a gratitude journal every day. And I've been doing it now for, I'm about 120 days in. And there are some days I'm so upset. I'm not feeling that negative voice is just trying to get in and trying to control. So I sit down in the morning and I'm like, I have a roof over my head. Mm. Thank you for the roof over my head. Thank you for the food that I ate last night. Like, go simple. Mm. Like, I'm mm. not going, like, overly. And it's just, it's the simple things. The fact that, yeah, you know what? I walked down the stairs. Mm. What a gift it is that to be able to have a thought process. Because if somebody doesn't have that, and then all of a sudden they were given that, do you think they would be grateful for it? Oh, mm. heck yeah. And so, so much that I think at some level we take for granted in this concept of always wanting more and we forget the concept of enough mm. and we have so much around us. Yeah, it's so true. There's so much beauty that we've almost adapted to, to a degree that we don't recognize it and see it for what it is. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the things I did find for myself is one of a, a blockage for me for tuning in to gratitude mm -hmm. is, is that, um, it sort of, to me, it sort of felt like it, it doesn't really, it doesn't do any good. It's kind of like, eh, whatever. And, and what I realized is that I was living in a, what I call a chronic survival mode. And in survival mode, you're, you're not interested in relaxing and opening your heart. You know, when you're in survival mode, you're, you're, your whole neurophysiology, your whole body, mind is focused on surviving. And I realized that I had become programmed that way. I'd become programmed to live in survival mode. And so in survival mode, you're constantly having to live in fear and stress and anxiety and, and anger and, and, and aggression in order to stay safe. But as you begin to transition into what I call more of a creation mode, your whole physiology calms down and kind of goes into more of a peace mode. And then there is more um, of just a natural ability to open your heart, to tune into gratitude, Mm -hmm. to, to love what you see around you, to open your eyes and enjoy 
um, the gifts in every single day and every single moment. And um, so that's why I, I also love to support people in moving from that chronic survival mode, that stress mode that kind of the whole world tends to gravitate towards mm-hmm. um, and move into more of a creation mode. And there's so much to experience, you know, when we're in that creation mode for our lives, much less our bodies, right? Oh, you hit it on the head. I mean, it's living impossible or limiting beliefs is, you know, Henry Ford told us whether we think we can or think we can, we're right. Yeah. Really coming into that moment of, you know what? Yeah, I can slow down a minute, Mm. whether I think I can or think I can. Mm. Taking the time to take a deep breath or take one minute of meditation. I know that, um, I have a survivor's group that uh, we talked about and the woman in the group kept talking about how she doesn't have time. And it was just, Mm. she was going through some really tough, stressful things. And I'm like, do you have two minutes in your car before you walk Mm. into the office? And then she stopped and goes, yeah, I have two minutes. I said, Mm. okay, two minutes, take 20, 20 deep breaths and Mm. really start to center yourself before you walk in and start your day. And what's been, what's amazing is all of a sudden, very slowly, it started to turn for her in the right direction. Like you said, the brain is a rudder. And if we're, we're thinking about, we're ruddering a gigantic aircraft carrier, it takes some time to turn. And yeah. it can turn in a dime if you want it to, but give it time to turn. Don't beat yourself up if you go back for a step. Yeah. Well, and you know, I do want to say there's lots of legitimate reasons why we have these limiting beliefs because of how much we've absorbed as children. We may have been around people that were very negative or were in a very strong, you know, survival mode mm-hmm. or a very strong victim mentality. And until we start to question some of these beliefs or thoughts that we have, we're, we're going to live according to those, that programming until we question it. It doesn't just change automatically, usually. And so, yeah. um, so there's, it's very legit, you know, when people are like, I don't have enough time, I don't have enough money, um, I can't do that. That's the programming speaking. And it's legit, you know, and the, the, we, we always have this capacity to even change the rudder of a ship slightly. We always have the capacity to say, you know, in this moment, you know, all I have is this moment. So in this moment, maybe I can trade this old negative thought for a thought that is more empowering. And that thought that's more empowering might lead to an emotion that changes my physiology, that actually communicates to the cells of my body um, peace and safety and love rather than um, you know, stress and, and anxiety causing my body to go into a stress response. So you know, people talk about how it takes a little time to turn a ship around, especially if you have like one of those big cruise ships, you know, it takes a couple miles to turn that ship around. Right. But every, li- but, but start turning the ship around, right? You know, every little bit that you do is going to turn that ship around. And, and I like to call it just moving into like an upward spiral of health. Like every, every time that you make an empowering choice towards your health, um, maybe it's drinking water instead of a Dr. Pepper, or maybe it is thinking a thought that's empowering. Maybe it's choosing to go sit outside and, and breathe in fresh air and sunlight every little thing you do is creating either an upward spiral of health um, or, or a downhill spiral of health. And we always, we're always going to be moving in one of those two directions. There's no such thing as a plateau. And so just being able to, to know that every little tiny thing we do is going to be leading us in that upward spiral 
is really empowering because eventually you turn around and you go, wow, I've made a lot more progress than I thought. I love how you position it as an upward spiral and just, it's a little move. It's a, you don't have to eat something different or do something different. Just take a little move to think something different. Yeah. And that's actually how I feel like I healed from my eating disorder. It wasn't big aha moments. Like I was looking for the big breakthroughs. Mm -hmm. I was looking for where's that one thing that's going to be like that big root that's going to pull out whatever, you know, whatever big challenge I have. But really what, what actually changed was very consistent. What felt like agonizingly slow until I found some <laughs> even better tools. Like, and I think there's tools right. that make it go faster. And I'm, I'm passionate about finding those tools that help this process go faster. But what did feel like for a while agonizingly slow was one moment at a time, one, one decision at a time, one little tiny movement that, that turned the ship around. Mm -hmm. And having, you know, and that's why I love Anna's work is that it's the support you need to start, start moving the ship and start, you know, altering the rudder of your conscious thought of what you're thinking every day, because you do, you don't have to do it alone. That's right. You can do it. And I highly recommend get with Anna or get with anybody, whether it's a loved one and get share what's going on in your thought process and where you are moving your ship towards because that support and your healing team in a lot of this is the reason why these habits become more consistent. So it's not just a flash in the pan. It's not just something that's really quick or you allow that negative voice to start creeping in and take you back to where you were. It's those little shifts. So Anna, what are you aiming for now? Now that you are changing lives and you are going to help so many people, which I love, what are you aiming for now? Oh, that's a, that's a beautiful question. You know, what I love to do is I love to help people get into the environment um, where they can be fully supported. So I do retreats and um, I do one day retreats and four day retreats. And uh, actually I'm kind of in your stomping ground. We're going to do a retreat in, Colorado Springs area in September. And we, we've done a couple of ones before, before that, um, before September. Uh, last year, we did one in October in the Colorado Springs area. And, and um, so all that to say, my deep desire for people is that they actually get to be in an environment that supports this process. And so they get to experience the healthy food. Uh, you know, I'm a yoga instructor. And so I, we do yoga, we do we, we share the modalities that have been so helpful. And I, when I say we, I mean myself and my team. I have an awesome team that joins me in these, in these things. And so what I love the most is just getting the people together because, you know, really when it comes down to it, we all heal each other. And um, it is so beautiful when, when all of these different people come together because they, they have something, each person has something to offer. Even if they're a participant and they're on their healing journey, um, what they're going through and what they're processing is going to be helpful and supportive to someone else. And so the retreats are magical. Um, I do one, like I said, I do one day retreats here in West Texas, you know, in my, in my hometown in Lubbock. And, um, and then also um, these four day retreats. 
uh, that are, you know, bigger and, and um, more involved, but uh, they're called naked retreats. And the reason for that is uh, it's a fully clothed event, but it is all about, <laughs> it's all about um, um, really clearing the blockages to your best health, you know? And so it's clearing the blockages from the physical body, the toxic foods and substances, and then clearing the blockages from the conscious mind, the, the thoughts, the negativity, and um, clearing the blockages from, you know, the subconscious mind, those toxic emotions and self-beliefs and those toxic identities that are holding you back from really moving forward. So that's what I do. That's what I love. And that's what I'm really headed for next uh, in a bigger way, because I want to support as many people as possible. And I do want to say, you know, on the topic of, um, of, of supporting people, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, I just want to say for each person listening to this, you know, you have that intuition inside of you. And so follow the thread of whatever is next that feels life-giving or exciting to you because that's your, that's your North Star. So if you're sensing, oh, I feel really drawn to one of these retreats, and that's great. Or I feel really drawn to something that Matt's offering. That's great. Or I feel really drawn to this particular book or this particular doctor. Just know you're being guided. You know, you're being led. And when you follow that track, you follow that thread, even if you don't know where it's going to lead, uh, that, that's your path. And um, so I just, I got to get that in there because that's also part of this intuitive approach to health is following that internal guidance system. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that you say that because there are so many times in my life and I would imagine in yours where something got put in your path and you're like, wow, that, that feels really good. Like, I really like that. Or you were really curious about it and you just wanted to know more. And when I followed that thread, it led to a green field or it led to a whole nother possibility. And it was just one little step. Mm, it was making that little choice and, and switching it. So if I want to know more about your retreat that you're going to be doing in Colorado Springs or in Lubbock, Texas, or wherever else you're going to go change lives, what is the best way to find out more information about you? Yeah, so you can go to anaheims.com for the basic general information about who I am and what I do. So A-N-N-A-H-I-N-D-S.com. And then nakedretreats.org, all one word, you know, .org. And um, there's both the, the large-scale retreat information on there and then the, um, the one-day retreats. There's a little tab that says one-day retreats, and you can head there and check it out. We have the dates for the Colorado retreat. We don't have enrollment open yet, but there's a place where you can put your name in if you want more information and you want to be kept up to date with what's happening with that. Wonderful. So thank you, Anna, for being on the show and taking your time to inspire our listeners to think differently about their health and where and taking that first step to and I love how you pointed at consciousness and just flipping one thought. It's not everything, just one little thought. So I want to thank you so much for helping and being a part of healing people. Matt, it's absolutely my pleasure. And I wish you could see my face right now. I'm like grinning from ear to ear because it's been <laughs> quite a delightful conversation and I appreciate what you're doing in the world. Oh, thank you so much. And uh, thank you to all of our listeners today. Um, you can take health into your own hands. 
So enjoy your day, Anna, and so blessed to have you on. Thank you so much, Matt. Take care. We'll see you. Thank you all for listening today, and I hope you left inspired. This show is made possible by great sponsors and followers like you. And if you want to know how to become a sponsor, please visit the contact page at identityofhealth.com. And while you are there, sign up for our newsletter and pre-order your copy of Identity of Health. Now, all pre-orders receive a personally signed copy by me, Matt Rowe. Remember, you are good enough to heal anything, and I hope you give yourself permission to heal.